and those hurts that there are people here that are wounded and God wants to set you free today and um, I think that's why Hannes was obviously in the spirit when he chose that first song. I believe that God wants to break chains in our lives. Chains that are holding you back into going into intimacy with God. Because we cannot learn to love God the way He wants to love us unless we can learn to love ourselves the way He loves us. Hello? And if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you'll never break through to really intimacy and really hearing His voice and loving Him the way you should. Amen. Yeah, so this morning I'm sharing on hurts and uh, may God speak into your heart and may He challenge your heart and may He bring freedom, complete freedom in that regard. Once upon a time, you, were, you had this animal and it was injured and you wanted to help it and what did it do? It bit you. Oh, you remember that? Do you remember that? Please put up your hand if you remember that. Many of us it's happened to, isn't it? You have the pure motive of wanting to help something, help somebody, and all they do in return is... Who of you have had that in life? Where your heart is pure and your motives are pure and you want to help someone... In whatever aspect it might be, financially or emotionally or spiritually. And all you get back is a bite. Have all of us been there some other time? If you haven't, you surely haven't lived. I think every single one of us have experienced that. And I think probably seeing the age of the majority of us numerous times we've experienced that. You You see, you need to understand that hurting people hurt others. If we are wounded in some or other area of our life, the minute I press your button in that area, you're going to lash out. And I know, Mm-mm. there's some root there that he might not even be aware of or she might not be aware of, but I know there's a hurt there. And I think, no, repeat that, I know many of us here are sitting with issues in our lives. That God wants to break the chains of bondage, of hurt, of brokenness in our lives. The question is, will you allow him to? I pray and trust that you will open your heart right now and allow the Holy Spirit to come and minister through his word into your heart. And bring the chains that he wants to bring about. Would you read with me Psalms 34 verse 18 through to 19. It reads as follows. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Wow. A righteous man may have many troubles. Please note, a righteous man. You might have many troubles, but the, do- the Lord delivers him from them all. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And you might be crushed in spirit. Something might have happened in your life. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is here and wants to bring wholeness. When I counsel married couples and I see these issues, I say to them, you need to understand that unless you are whole, you're going to marriage 50% and you will withdraw or try to withdraw 50% from your spouse to be and you will destroy your marriage 
That is why there's so much divorce. Because individuals go into marriage incomplete. But if you're complete, you can give. If you're incomplete, you can give only what you have. The rest you withdraw from the other. And that's where the friction comes. Not the unity that God is wanting. Here are some emotional facts of life. Sad to say, but it is the truth. Number one, hurts are a part of life as God never promised life without hurts. And we read that earlier. Even with the righteous, they have trouble. They have hardship. They have ridicule. They have mockery. They have people slandering them, crooking them, cheating them, saying all things against them. Jesus had it. And if you're righteous, you will have it. Suck it up, accept it as part of life, and say, right, Lord, how do I handle it? If I know it's going to come, how do I handle it? That is the question. Or should I say, that is the wise question that we to ask. And the older we get, the more hurts we'll experience. I can tell you now that my dad and mom and those of you that are older than me have experienced numerous more hurts than I've experienced. Why? Because that's just life. The issue is, do you... Number two, hurts that are undealt with will just accumulate and get worse. If I don't let it out, I will express it out. They will get worse. Do not think that they will disappear. Age does not heal hurts. I had a a man sit close to my age, and I was counseling him, and something that happened to him when he was seven years old that his father did, he started crying. Numerous times in the time that we spoke. So you can be half a decade old and you still sit with those wounds. And there are some of you even older than that are still sitting with wounds that happened when you were a child. And it will stunt your growth. You will, in that area of your emotions, you will be stunted if you do not deal with it and allow God to set you free. But I have great news. Those chains are going to be broken this morning. Amen? They are going to be broken. Time does not heal emotions. Time can heal our physical bodies in some respects. But emotions, uh uh-uh. Time doesn't heal emotions. God heals that. Number three. Hurts that are unresolved affect our emotions, emotional, mental, spiritual, and relational health and our well-being. Emotional hurts. (coughs) I believe that many people today walk around with deep, deep depression because of undealt with hurts in their lives. Now, please note I'm talking emotional. There is such a thing as chemical. If you are not aware of that, I have heard a lot of preachers and teachers say, if you have depression, it's from the pit of hell. Well, I say to them, you do not know what you're talking about, and you are damaging not just the church, you are damaging individuals. Keep your mouth quiet. I had a wife for five years that was in deep chemical depression. I know what I'm talking about. I went through hell in my marriage. There is such a thing as chemical depression. Okay? We are talking now emotional depression. 
But if you're in, you know, some people, they think, no, it's fine to have diabetes and take pills and all these. But when it comes to depression, no, no, that's demonic. That's, I mean, come on. And I said to someone that was suffering like this, I said, oh, so depression is from the pit of hell. They said, yes. I said, okay. I said, tell me, if your father or mother dies, will you be depressed? They said, um, yes. I said, will you cry? Mm, yes. I said, but that's from the pit of hell. How can you dare you be depressed? There are times the Bible says to mourn. And depression is part of life. The problem is when you stay there and you never carry on in life. Where you've lost a loved one and you just cannot go beyond there. That is a problem. There's a, an emotional wound there. There's a hurt there that needs to be healed. And that's what we are talking about. Okay, So just differentiate between the two. I'm talking about emotional hurts. Sometimes we are scarred because of emotions that have been scarred. And we need to come to God with those. We can have mental hurts where someone has said, you stupid dumb idiot, you'll never amount to anything. Please put up your hand if a teacher said that to you. Please put it high. Well, some of you have some, of you, some people never achieve what they were meant to achieve because of that. They've allowed that to take root in their hearts. And mentally it just regurgitates. Something happens and it just, well, you stupid, you know, of course, should, you know, well, I expect that to happen, you know. And, and you never go beyond that because you believed a lie. You believed the report of the teacher as opposed to the report of God and who he says you are. And the potential that he's placed in you. Maybe your mother or your father said you're useless. Hello? The question is, did you take it to heart? Some of us are wounded and have hurt spiritually and relationally. Where you just cannot get over issues between your brother and your sister and your mother and your father. And I would say there's many of those people. I've seen where people think, but you're a Christian and you react like this, therefore I want nothing to do with Christianity. How many times have you heard that said? And they, because you reacted like that, they think, well, if you're a Christian, so will God the Father react like that towards me. That's a lie. And sadly, because of that, they reject God as well. And they end up having spiritual hurts. Number four, hurts are dealt with in, with in some way or another, whether it be right or wrong. All of us deal with hurts. Every single one of us. Some of us deal with it in this way, others in that way, others in this way. Most people medicate it. Even some of you medicate it. Some of you medicate it with work. All you do is you work, 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 work. Why? So that those thoughts don't come up. Some of you use alcohol to suppress those emotions. Some of you sex. There are many, many different ways that you can use. Some of us use drugs. And maybe not hard drugs. Sleeping pills, whatever the case may be. Depression pills. Some of you gamble. Some of you go and spend money, you shopaholics. 
retail therapy, so they call it in this day and age. Eh? I don't know how that's therapeutic. It would drive me insane, to be quite frank. Oh, it is. Okay, sorry. Not aware of that. Did you know that there's one out of four people suffer mentally or, with <coughs> or psychologi- with psychological challenges in their life? One out of four. And that's because of undealt with hurts. How tragic. Isaiah 42 verse 3, it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. And you must not think, you might be bruised, you might be wounded, you might be hurting. I want you to know that he will deal gently with you, if you're willing to go to him. And he will not deal with you as a harsh father might. For those of you that had a harsh, unloving father, he's loving. He's caring. He's gentle. No matter how badly you messed up, he will take you with open arms the minute you come to him and say, I'm sorry. And he will forget it like that. The question is, will you? Matthew 11, 28, 30, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. You will find freedom for your world, your emotions, and in your mind. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some wrong ways to deal with your hurts in your lives, in my lives. Number one, you, you can medicate it. In other words, you're a medicator. You, anything that you use that is addictive, anything that can be alcohol, Sex, shopping, therapy, whatever you want to call it, drugs, food, shopping. Some people use that. And that is all you're doing is you're medicating that hurt. Others are motivators. Well, he did this to me, so it's acceptable. I can do what I want. Others are meditators. They never let go. It just re- it replays in their minds and I do not let it go. How do you deal with your hurt? You, you basically avoid the issue. You don't deal with the issue. Where there's pain, you, you, and, uh, and so you motivate why you do what you do. You, you, you say, well, he did this, therefore I can react like this. Okay? So, and then men, all of us deal with hurts in some other way. We retaliate, we say, well, it's acceptable for me to act or react in this manner because, well, you know, they hurt me. Okay, let me explain it to you. There's once upon a time, this mother, and she's got a, a little seven-year-old boy and a little two-year-old girl. And she's down in the kitchen cooking there, and she's cooking, and suddenly she, she, she hears... And she thinks, there's my little seven-year-old boy. What the heck is going on? And she runs upstairs and she opens the door. And there she sees the little girl, two-year-old girl's got this, this boy with his, ha- her, his, his ha- hair in her hand. And she's pulling like this and she will not let go. So she goes, the mother goes to the little boy and she takes the hand gently and she lets go. There's sorry, my boy, sorry. She says, she says he's so, she's so young, please forgive her. She doesn't know what she's doing. So he says, okay, mommy, okay, mommy. 
she walks out and no sooner she closed the door and walked downstairs and she, she just, I mean soon after and suddenly she, she has a little girl this time. She goes back in there in a rush, opens the door and he looks at his mommy and she says, he says to his mommy, now she knows. <laughs> How do you deal with the hurts in your life? Kom hier, ek wil met jou praat. Kom, do you deal like that? Or do you sit down as a man of God and say, listen, listen this way, you treated me as ungodly, it's unrighteous, unacceptable. With a Christian you can deal with that. You should deal with it like that. An ungodly person, I believe the same. They might not have the same reaction towards you though, in humbleness, but you still speak to them in love so that you can win them. Number five, hurts are only resolved when we go to God for healing. That is the only time you will find genuine healing and restoration of your hurts. Shalom Ahmed, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. When you read that, what do you understand? If you go and you just, so this and this happened, do you think that applies to you? Do you think you'll be blessed just because you cry? Come on. Is God lying? Is that what he's saying? He said, those are Jesus' words. What is he saying when he says that? He's saying, those that come to me in genuine sorrow, said, I will bless them. I will bring healing. I will bring wholeness to their hearts. But there has to be genuine grief that where they come to me. Not just a matter of fact of crying. Everyone can cry. Doesn't change the situation. The issue is when we come to him and we come to him in mourning and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Or, Lord, please forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Hello? God wants to comfort our hearts, but we need to go to him and say, Lord, I need you come and comfort me. I need you to come and bless my heart. Sorry? Yes. It is very good to mourn. But if you're just mourning for mourning's sake, and you're doing nothing about the mourning, that ain't going to help you much. It will be good for you to let it let go some of that emotion. But that hurt can still be there. Hello? You might never receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit unless you ask Him to come and bring healing there and wholeness. I know people that have lost a loved one and still today, 40 years later, they're still crying over the same thing. You even get some people that cannot live with, with themselves and they shoot, it, shoot themselves because they've loved, lost a child or a, sp- a spouse. You get that. So you will not be comforted unless you go to the comforter. He wants to come and comfort you. But go to Him. Psalms 147 verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. If you want your brokenhearted healed and wounds sorted out, go to Him. He'll doctor you in a way that no man can doctor you. I promise you. No, excuse me, no psychologist, no pastor, no reverend, no duomini, no apostle, no, no one will minister to you as effective as the Holy Spirit. But you need to go to Him. 
Did you know that over 65 million people in America are suffering with STDs, sexually transmitted diseases? Did you know that? 65 million. If that be the case in stats for the United States of America, what do you think it's in Africa? Hmm? I remember years ago, how many years ago, I spoke to her, I was in, in, in the doctor's consultation room, and uh, he said to me, you will be shocked if I had to tell you how many young, not just blacks, white kids have got AIDS in Zanin. He said, you will be shocked, Richard. Far the majority than the minority. And this is a man I trust. I was shocked. How many years ago was that? Seven? Seven to ten years ago? There are lonely people all over the world that are hurting. There are many homes that are messed up and marriages that are messed up because of hurts that are undealt with. The high divorce rate is staggering both in with believers and non-believers. Six out of ten couples will experience some form of violence in their marriage. More, than, uh, more and more children are being raised by single parents' homes than those having both parents in their home. How horrific, eh? Hundreds of women are battered every single day around the world. Millions of children are abused every day around the world. And the reason is because they hurt. The abuser is hurt. So my question to you is when you see someone abusing any substance or even their bodies for that matter, do you see an outcast or do you see someone that is hurt in needing salvation? What is your perspective? God wants our perspective to see there is a broken soul that I need to minister to and help bring healing. And these people all over the world, even some sitting next to you that are wanting ministry. My question is, are you whole enough that you can minister wholeness? Because you cannot have mumps and think you're going to give measles. It doesn't work like that. If you have mumps, you will give mumps. Finished in claw. If you are whole, you can bring wholeness. You cannot otherwise. Mother Teresa once said, loneliness and the feeling of being uncared for and unwanted are the greatest poverty. And there are many, many, not millions, billions of people that feel like that. You might feel betrayed by someone. We, and I think many of you have been betrayed. That you, that you've spoken or shared something with someone and they have broken your trust. Anyone? All of us. Have you let go though? Have you forgiven and set them free? You see, life does not, ma does not form us, but rather our responses to life is what forms us. So my question to you is, how do you choose to respond to the hurts that come your way in life? That is the key. Because they don't form you. You lie. You are lying to yourself and it is a lie if you believe that. It is your responses to those hurts that form you. Jesus rightfully should have been a Chuck Norris or a Bruce Lee and kicked every single one of those Roman soldiers from here to next week. Hello? If he had allowed his life to form him. But he didn't. He allowed God to form him. And he always reacted in the opposite spirit. If they were nasty, 
vow towards him, he was gentle and peaceful and kind towards them. And meek. And we too need to be the same. Requirements to having a, a, your heart, your hurts or wounds healed are as follows. Number one, choose to be honest with yourself and God that you have been hurt. You have to admit it. You have to say, Lord, this and this took place on this and this day. Or this year, or even if you can't remember it, this happened. I remember it vaguely. I bring it to you and I choose to take the crash, that trash can, that rubbish in my life and give it to you. I choose to let it go. I want to be set free. Would you come and remove this from my life? Then he can, the minute you let go, he can bring healing. And he wants to do that this morning. But you have to be honest with yourself and with God that this has broken you, this has hurt you. Then he can come in. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He promises that. Remember that God is not our problem, but our solution. So let's run to him. He is the great physician. He is the great healer. Amen? And number two, choose to surrender your right to get even with your perpetrator make a choice I'm not going to go and pull that person's hair I choose to let go of the right of pulling their hair do you have a right to do it? yeah you have a right to do whatever you want in life actually you might just be punished for it by the powers that be but God says to us don't go and pull the person that pulled your hair Choose to act in the opposite spirit and allow God to sort them out. We read in Romans 12 verse 19 to 21, Do not take revenge, even though you might want to, may I feel like it, my friend. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Your enemy, not the one that hurt you, your enemy. Who is the person that you dislike the most on planet earth? That person, go and feed him. Yeah? If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is a choice, church. You have to make the choice. I choose to overcome the evil of this person and what they've done to me and didn't do to me or the support they gave me or didn't give me I choose to set them free and I choose to act in the opposite spirit there was once upon a time this uh, guy he had an appointment to be at this meeting and he was battling to find a parking and driving around getting frustrated and driving around couldn't find the parking so he after 20 minutes of trying he just parks in this illegal parking he parks there now he's, because he's getting worried because now he's going to be late. So now he sees it's an illegal parking. So he writes a note and he puts it on his windscreen and it reads as follows. He says, um, he says I've, I know I parked in illegal parking but I've been trying for 20 minutes to find a parking and I could not find parking. Um, please would you uh, forgive me for, for what I've done. Uh, so he comes back and there he sees a ticket and uh, he sees 
a note with a ticket and he reads the ticket and the ticket says there, uh, says there, I've been riding around this block for 20 years and he says, if I do not give you a ticket, I will lose my job. And he says, lead us not into temptation. <laughs> and you, some, we sometimes get frustrated with the powers that be. I know that. All of us do. Sometimes they're doing their jobs as unto the Lord and doing it honorably and ethically. Other times they're not. But the bottom line is, what is your attitude, whether they're doing it honorably or dishonorably? I was so proud of my wife. Can I tell the story? She was driving up to Joburg this week and she, she phones me. <coughs> I was in my office here and she phoned me and she says, you're never going to know what happened. The cop stopped me now. She said, I was going 105 in an 80 zone. I think it's here in Puluk, on the way to Pulukwani. And the guy says, uh, you were speeding? He says, um, it's uh, a 600 rand ticket. So she said, sure, that sounds a bit much. So he says, oh, how much do you want to pay? So she just says, oh, 50 rand. So he says, uh, how about 100? And then she realized he was wanting a bribe. So she said, uh, excuse me, sir. I want you to know that the Bible says if I bribe you, you will become corrupt to the very core of your being. And he said, I cannot do that to you. And I will not do that to myself. And his head head just went down in shame, sank in shame. And he said, ma'am, have a nice day. And she went off. God was on her side. Sorry? You must remember. <laughs> I want to encourage you, church. Please remember that one. And we need to challenge them. You see, we can do all things and think that no one sees except us and that person. God sees all things and we will be held accountable. And we need to remember that. God will hold us accountable for absolutely sure. Right, where are we? Number, what are we on? Three. Number three. Luke 6 verse <coughs> 37 to 38. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not condemn. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Let it go. Make the quality wise decision to set that person free. Set that hurt free from your life. Do not allow it to take root. Number three. Choose to acknowledge your responsibility to let go before God. We all have a responsibility to choose to let go. Romans 15 verse 1 to 2, it says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his, please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Who of you try to please and build up your neighbor? Which is easier, to break down or build up? Hmm? It's easier to break down. It takes more effort to build, hey? The Bible says each of us should please his neighbor for his good, not for my for his good to build him up. Wow. That is a scripture and a half to live by, hey? People do not forget the wrongs committed against them. They tend to have higher rates of divorce, experience more stress, have more depression and suffer from more cardiovascular diseases, those that do not forgive. 
By contrast, people who forgive tend to suffer less from depression and have more friends and family to support them. In fact, forgiving people are better at making friends than those who carry grudges. Interesting, hey? Proverbs 25, 21 to 22, it says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning. And we've read that. Matthew 5, verse 46 says, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Let's love the unlovable. Doug Steers once said, Hating your enemy is just a prolonged form of suicide. It is foolish. You only harm yourself. You don't harm them. And most times they're not even aware of it. Praise God I learned that lesson. I did not know that lesson when I was young. You can ask my parents. I had tremendous hate for one of my aunts. But God set me free from that. Why? Because I chose to go to Him. So I want to encourage you. Don't choose to commit suicide slowly. Let go of your hurts. 1 John 4.20 it says, If anyone says, I love you, uh, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. God says in his word, you're a liar if you say you love God, yet you have, have bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness towards another man. Wow. That's a hard one to swallow, eh? Matthew 5, 44 to 45 says, I, But I, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may have so, be sons of your Father in heaven. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them that are unfair towards you and treat you unrighteously and ungodly. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to each other. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. If we expect his forgiveness, may we in turn give the same forgiveness. <laughs> Hebrews 13.3 Remember those, that, those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering and being mistreated. Wow. It's for sure. Very, very much so. And those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering and being mistreated. Galatians 2.6 Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So if someone is battling with an issue, don't say, man, you silly idiot. Why don't you just let go? Walk a road with them. Encourage them. Help, help them to get set free from that. Walk a discipleship road with them and encourage them and allow God to set them free in their lives. Number four, choose to show mercy to those that have hurt you and mercy to yourself. And there's what Roger was saying. You cannot expect the mercy of God to be displayed in your heart and life if, if, unless you're willing to do the same to yourself. And some of you are willing to receive the forgiveness of God, but you're not willing to set yourself free. And some of you have made some incredibly stupid decisions. I've never, you know, it's just... <laughs> Come on, every single one of us have made incredibly stupid choices. Hello? And we regret it. But there comes a time where we say, well, the past is gone, the new has come. There's now no condemnation, as Roger said, for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Neither height nor depth, neither angels nor demon, neither present nor the future. Nothing else in all creation will be able to separate me from His incredible love. And you need to take root and say, Lord, allow that to be a revelation in my heart. Forgive me for regurgitating these things. Forgive me for bringing these things back to remembrance. Because I know when you say, it is as white as snow, so be it as white as snow. When it is crimson, it is crimson. When God says, I forgive you, it means there's no more. I do not see that anymore. When you speak and and say, Lord, remember I did this, he thinks, excuse me? I don't know. No. Why? Because when you say the first time you're sorry with genuine sincerity, gone. He forgives you. And he sees the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore you and I stand and can stand righteously before him and go into the throne of grace. Luke 6 verse 36 says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Be merciful to others and be merciful to yourself. Those that have wronged you and yourself who have wronged yourself and others. And some of you have hurt other people big time. You've been dishonest. You've been dishonorable. You've cheated. You've stolen. Set yourself free. And where you can make right, yes, make right. Okay. And lastly, choose to walk in freedom daily and share salvation with others. You need to make the choice. When those things come back as a flood, which Satan will do to remind you and try and bring you back to the vomit instead of letting it go, you need to say, Lord, thank you that you've set me free from this. I choose to let it go. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do not allow the burden of hurt in your life again. Let it go. Let it go. Once upon a time, I don't know if you know, uh, Mercedes-Benz had a TV commercial show where they showed the the car colliding uh, with a cement wall for a safety test. Do you remember that? And uh, someone then asked the company spokesperson why they do not enforce their their patent on Mercedes-Benz energy-absorbing car body, a design evidently copied by other companies because of its success. He replied, matter-of-factly, because some things in life are too important not to share. And there are some things in life that are too important for us not to share. And the most important thing that you and I are called to share is the love of Christ and the forgiveness that He's shown us. And if we as His church, His body, cannot show the same forgiveness that we've been shown, God says we're a liar. Hello? Allow God to come right now and bring healing and forgiveness and break those chains. You talk to God and you ask Him to set you free what from whatever hurt that may be, even the hurt you may have caused, or any wound that is still in your heart. Say, Lord, I come and ask you to break those chains now in Jesus' name and set me free. That the old is the old, is gone, and the new has come. 
and you ask him to bring total healing and freedom in that area of your life, would you do that? That you can forgive and love others, even your enemy, to the extent that Christ loved. That you're willing to even give your life for that person. 